This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 27 of Bleeding Blue and the New York Football Giants won another football game by a whopping score of 42-16. The win came from the hands of yet another backup QB. Saquon Barkley is making his stance on why he is already the best running back in the NFL. We finally see our favorite rookie backup quarterback in action. And we now look ahead to what will be a fun home matchup against the Titans of Tennessee. So, without further ado, let's bleed blue. It was a weak intro. Pretty weak intro. I'm rushed. Um, I'm unsettled. I don't think that was weak. Yeah, it was. It was. It was weak for me. It was weak for me. Um, David. David. Yes, sir. How are you doing today? Oh, we're starting. Yeah, we're starting. You know, I usually leave that in. I usually oh. leave some of the back the background conversation after the intro. I usually leave that in. Oh, I wasn't prepared. You weren't prepared. Well, how are you doing? I, I caught oh, you off guard. You did. Yeah. Um, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, another win on Sunday. Uh, you, you were sick yesterday. Don't lie. We're we're uh, both a, we're both a little disheveled right now. True. Don't lie. I, I we we were gonna record yesterday. I didn't because uh, I I caught a caught something down in Washington. A friend and I went made the made the uh the quick four hour trip down to D.C. We're Landover. Uh. To see, um, you know, the Mark Sanchez Eli Manning matchup that we've all been waiting for, and it did not disappoint. It, it was great. Um, yeah, not a not a surprise. You caught something, and I mean, I also like that wasn't DC. It's Landover, Maryland. It's Landover, not a surprise. Maryland. You caught something. That that is a that is a terrible, terrible field. Terrible. Mm-hmm. I hated it. How did you do? How did you do getting in and out of that stadium? Even with like five people there, I'm sure it was still a nightmare getting in and out. Uh, the biggest issue was we like getting in and out was actually fine. The oh, really? biggest problem was we got lost on our like leaving. We, there you we, go. We couldn't figure out where we parked. There you go. That's that like, sounds right. There's that like right. no signage that says anything about like where your car might be. It's just like these random lots that like they don't really keep you don't it's hard to keep track of where you are in relation to your uh to your parking lot so we spent about 45 minutes trying to figure out what way we were supposed to go we walked the wrong way it was also freezing cold so that that was that was frustrating but you gotta you gotta mark your location i don't have a fancy iphone like that oh that's right right. that's right because what i have on my phone is even if i don't mark my location i have apple carplay in my car so my car knows like or my phone knows where my car is parked. So that's also a thing. That's helpful. Yeah, we we 
we were kind of going blind. We did find the car, obviously. We got home. Uh, yeah, I, I was feeling a little sick yesterday. But uh, outside of that, feeling great. Um, you know, New York Giants looking, looking pretty good. So you're saying you're saying your smartphone doesn't know where your car is parked? Is that what you're I mean, saying? It, it might be able to, but that's I haven't. A, that's a stupid I phone. I haven't taught it taught it how to know that. It hasn't learned. That's a stupid phone. You're a you're a stupid phone. <laughs> yeah, I was going to. I was like, that's stupid. You're a stupid phone. Okay. Um. So David, um, I was not watching this football game. I recorded it and I did watch it eventually, but. On Sunday, I was at Yankee Stadium for – I am a partial regular season ticket holder for the New York baseball Yankees. I always hate saying that, but I say it anyway. Yeah. The evil empire Yankees. Um, and I was there, and it was a lot of fun. I was with some friends, and I'm being a fool in center field. I'm jumping. I'm trying to rob home runs like I'm Aaron Hicks, and I think I'm doing a good job until I actually go back and I watch the video and I find out that I have a two-inch vertical leap. By the I way, I told you that. Yeah, if you uh, if you want to see that video, go follow me at jpenix74 on Twitter. Good and plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go do that so you can see my two inch vertical leap. I th- and it, the sad part is I thought I was doing a good job, but I didn't <laughs> even clear the wall. And Renato, my co host for the Yankee podcast, was I was I was live on Periscope on Twitter, and he was sure to point out right away, you did not even clear the wall, you fool. So. <laughs> I hear this guy say after I do it the first time, after I'm trying to jump, it was like right center field. Um, hey, can you do that again? And I turn, and it's Zach Campbell. And Zach Campbell, if you don't know, he's has like 315,000 subscribers on YouTube. Um, he caught a Rod's, I believe, 600th home run or his 3,000 hits, something like something like that. He's caught tens of thousands of baseballs all around the world and all around the country. He's been doing it for years. He has a New York Times bestselling book. So I like freaked out. I didn't know what to say to him. So he, I, I just was like, how you doing? And I and also at the same time, I was live on Periscope. So that's the thing that like sucks too. It's like I had my own thing, but obviously I should have just been focusing on him. I should have just dropped my phone and just focused on him. But um, you were fanboying hard. I was fanboying hard because I kept on just, how you doing? How you doing, man? I tried to be just like genuine that way, but it turned out to just to be weird and uncomfortable. Um, So I did it again. I jumped and then I didn't even go back to have like a conversation with him like a lot of people in his videos do. I just like thought that I'm like, okay, he doesn't want to talk to me. He's done with me. (laughs) I should have like went back and I should have like plugged the podcast or something. The the conversation could have easily turned that way. Um, So... But bad, bad guy, bad guy. I may, I may DM him on Twitter and I may reach out to him and say, Hey, I was in your video. I look like a fool. Can you come on my podcast for about like half an hour? So <laughs> that could be, that could be a thing that happens. I don't know. But, um, so you were at the giants game this weekend. I did not watch. That's what I was doing. So give me your overall reactions to this, uh, to this football game. That was, in my opinion, it was like shooting a dead horse. It was pretty, it was pretty sad to watch. Yeah. I mean, you just got the feeling, you know, the, the first two possessions, offense possessions for the Giants, really didn't do much of anything. Second down, we had a pretty simple pass to Saquon that he uncharacteristically drops, uh, ends up having to punt there. But they finally were able to, at some point, flip field position, pin Washington deep, um, and obviously force the pick six. And from there, from basically from that moment on, it just, like, Took a, took a life of its own, and Washington really had no answers for anything the Giants tried to do. Being there, like you, like you said, it's like shooting a dead horse. Like 
you just got the feeling, especially after the uh, the Saqu- the long Saquon run, the seventy eight yarder to make it seventeen nothing. They were out of it. They were done. It was just. It was just. It was probably the closest thing to a, a like domination that I've seen the Giants do in quite some time. Um, and honestly, I understand people want to. People make a big deal out of the fact that four of their five wins this year against back quarterbacks, and I I understand that and I respect that. But and Washington, I also understand. You know, their offensive line is, a, is in shambles right now. They they've really been decimated by the team. Just the team is in shambles. Like yeah. I legitimately felt bad for that football team. Just and even the broadcasters of the on the Fox telecast were just making the point where obviously yeah you can have this next man up mentality. But there just comes a point where if you look at all these guys that are on IR and they're on injured reserve, and especially just how freaky, just how freaky the quarterback injuries have been of the the two broken legs and the Alex Smith getting tissue removed from it, that that's that's draining on a team. And you yeah. I honestly feel I honestly felt bad for him. But you know, it was good to see the Giants, especially without Odell. You know, regardless of whether you're shooting a dead horse or not, it's still the NFL, and there's still players out there that want to go out and they want to perform. Yeah, and I mean, for the most yeah. part, for, mo- for the most part, I mean, Washington's defense is pretty much intact. You know, most of their injuries have come on the offensive side of the ball. Their guys on defense are still there. You know, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, DJ Swearinger, Josh Norman—they're all playing, and they're they're there. So I understand that the, the idea that you don't want. We don't want to get too carried away because, you know, they've played, they've had, they've, they've walked into some, into some favorable matchups, I guess you could say. But between last week with Chicago and now this week with Washington, they played two pretty solid defenses. Right. They put up points. They moved the ball. They, they, they made plays when they had to, which right. in the beginning of the season they hadn't done. So I think as an overall takeaway, I understand like 40, 40 to 16. I think is indicative of a very good game by the Giants, but also just a weak team that they that they were going up against, and a team that is kind of reeling and just in retreat mode now. But I also think they no doubt deserve to win the game. I think they would have won the game had Alex Smith been playing. Also, oh, okay. uh, I, don't, I don't think it would have mattered. I think the Giants played a very good game. Yeah, but also I think something <laughs> that's remembered too important. There's been a few people on Twitter pointing that pointing this out this week is that it, you know. Giants have turned the ball over, or I'm sorry, Giants have forced 11 turnovers in the last four weeks. And the first, you know, all of the games before that, I think they only forced like eight. So, I mean, something that's really important to remember is that a good defense, especially a defense that forces turnovers and they have takeaways, it helps an offense tremendously because you're adding the time of possession and you're, you're automatically switching momentum whenever you get a turnover anyway. So, the bad quarterback play and the bad offensive play that the Giants have been the beneficiaries of the past few weeks, it's tremendously helped the offense. So I think that's, again, you take these culture-changing wins, and I'm not denying, I feel, and I don't think anybody else who's kind of not saying hoorah, hoorah, singing kumbaya about the Giants right now. I honestly don't think those people on Twitter are even, you know, I don't. I wouldn't call them pessimists. But I think they're realists where they honestly see that if, you know, they see the current situation of who the Giants have won against. And you want to know what? 
the title of this episode, I don't know what the title of this episode is, and we're about <laughs> we're about ten, you know, we're about eleven minutes in. The title of this episode just may be ju- let's just wait and see because it's going to be this Sunday that's going to be extremely important. Um, it'll be the first time that the Giants are playing uh, a starting quarterback, I think, since uh, Carson Wentz. Yes, the last time that we played a starting quarterback was Carson Wentz, week twelve, and then. Before that, the last time that we played one was week eight against the Redskins, and we wind up losing that game anyway. But, Dave, you're arguing and you're saying that you're counting um, Ryan Fitzpatrick as a starting quarterback, but I don't typically – I don't – He's the starter. He named them, he named, they named him their starter. There was a quarterback change in the middle of the game, so I really exactly. don't, we played two I, I don't count that. I, I, don't, I don't count. But anyway, t- tomato, tomato, neither here nor there. Um how you've seen Saquon Barkley a few times in person this year. Um, and you, and especially when you're sitting on the 100 level, I will be seeing Saquon Barkley for the first time this year, but i like the big, I like the big picture angle where I am sitting all the way up in the, uh, where I'm, I'm basically closer to God than I'm closer to the actual field. <laughs> so, um, I'll be seeing Saquon Barkley for the first time, but what is it like seeing Saquon in person and seeing the speed, the athleticism, like actually live in front of you? It's incredible. I, and I and I mean that like sincerely. It's very easy to 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 go on and on about Saquon because it's very clear how good he is on TV. But I I mean this honestly. And I've seen a lot of you know I've seen a lot of Giants running backs in person. I've seen a lot of you know opposing running backs in person. I've never seen a running back more able to accelerate to to just to to. Be patient, patient, patient. See a hole and hit it. He hits a, he hits holes faster than anybody I've ever seen um, at the running back position. The you know his his seventy eight yarder the other the other day on Sunday. It was like he got he got seven yards up the field and you knew you knew the play was over. You knew nobody nobody's catching him in the open field. Um, he has tremendous balance. He just. It's 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 a treat. I'm 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 excited for you to watch him in person because it's it's a lot. It's even more impressive in person than it is on TV, in my opinion. He's he's just so obviously better than everybody else on the field. That's a great transition, David. Um, we started a uh, we started a weekly. Technically, that was set up by me. So credit to me because I'm great. Wow. Yeah. Um, we set up a, a segment last week where. We're giving out game balls and yes, the balls of the football game. And last week, David went first and he basically took up the entire episode and only gave me the last part of the episode to give out my game balls. So, wow. David, this week I'm going first and the next <laughs> week you'll go first and the next week you'll go first. So that will we'll go back and forth. Now, if okay. we ever if we ever forget who went first the previous week, we're we're screwed. We're screwed. But we'll I right. remember I remember because. You took up most of the episode like a like the jerk you are. Wow. You took up most of the episode, so wow. I'm going to go first today. It's because you're back. You're you're back in the in the uh, the Philly, New York area. You're getting mean again. Yeah, I'm getting mean. Yeah, you're wasting your own time. Let's go. I'm wasting my own time. No, it's because I'm milking it because I want to make you upset. My game ball, my first game ball, my only game ball, and then we will also do honorable mentions. Is um the wonderful Saquon Barkley. Easy, boring. Somebody, so boring. Somebody had to pick him. Yes. Somebody had to do it. So I'm gonna do it. Um, so here's some here's some good old numbers on our friend Saquon, along with the 
along with the eye tests that David told you about. Here's here's some numbers. So here are the Giants' rookie records Saquon has broken so far. Rushing yards, about 1,100. Rushing TDs, 9. Total TDs, 13. Now remember, there's still how many weeks left in the season? Four? Three. 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 Oh, three? Oh, that's it? That's sad. Um, so 13 t- total TDs. All-purpose yards, 1,753. That's a lot of total purpose yards. 100-yard rushing games, 6. Receptions by a running back, 78, which he actually just broke Jeremy Shockey's. He was second for Giants rookies all-time with 74. Saquon eclipsed him with 78. And next on the list is Odell Beckham Jr. with 91 catches as a rookie. Quick, does Saquon Barkley in the next three games get 12, 13 receptions? Are is that math right? That that is so he uh, needs he needs fourteen to break it. So does he get fourteen receptions? Yes, yes. Okay. So, but he already broke the number for receptions by a running back. But he probably will break it just receptions in general, which is ridiculous. Um, which also is a testament to Eli Manning and how much he checks it down. Um, receiving yards by a running back. Receiving yards by a running back six hundred and twenty nine. And it is still week 14. So here's so here's some other ones if you want to compare him, you know, not just with Giants rookie rushing records, but here's a Saquon Barkley versus Todd Gurley st- statistically. Yards per carry, Saquon Barkley, 5.4. Todd Gurley, 4.9. Scrimmage yards, um, we already told you what Saquon Barkley's is. It's around 1,750. Uh, Todd Gurley is around 1,700. David, that's a 50-yard total difference if you couldn't do that math. 20-yard runs, Saquon Barkley, 14, Todd Gurley, 10. 40-yard runs, Saquon Barkley, 6, Todd Gurley, 0. So there you go. Those are some numbers to back up how good Saquon Barkley is. Oh, and the fact that um, the Giants have had, like, I think the Giants, back going back to the year, like, an insane year, an insane year. Like, whether it's 2012, I let's sure, let's just go with that. Saquon Barkley has six 40-yard-plus runs this year. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the Giants didn't have a single one since, like, 2012. That's also a stat that I heard. And I'm like, oh, great. I believe it. I could totally believe that. Yeah. So, um, so why does he get your game ball? You tell me why he gets your season ball. Well, he had a pretty good game. He did. <laughs> he did. I actually thought – I was very frustrated that, that they – that's nothing to mention. I mean, the Giants pulled – Basically, all their offensive starters in the fourth by the fourth quarter of the game. They didn't pull. They didn't pull the offensive line. No, no. I'm I'm talking the quote unquote skill positions, which I think is a stupid term. But so I, I would it would have been we would have been worse than forty to sixteen. I think they would they wouldn't have stopped running the ball. I thought I really thought I was going to see the uh, franchise record for rushing yards in a game by Saquon Barkley on Sunday. He had a hundred and fifty nine, I think, at half. And the franchise record's 234. So I, I thought for sure I was going to see the, uh, the franchise record, but then, of course, they pulled him. So I was kind of frustrated about that. But it is what it is. So, Justin, sir, my friend, my co-host, I want to explain to you why your game ball wouldn't have been possible without my game ball. My game ball goes to the one and only Sterling Shepard. Oh, wow. Oh, Sterling Shepard now. Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard, who had two catches for 17 yards and a <laughs> touchdown, gets my game ball this week. He gets my game ball because he had three fantastic block 
on three on all three of Saquon Barkley's big runs. You know, obviously the the big run, the big one everyone's thinking about is the seventy eight yard touchdown. And Justin, I don't know how closely you watched when, when how closely you watched the game when you um watched it after the fact, or if you've seen anything on Twitter talking about this block. But if you watch closely, Sterling Shepard comes across the formation and lays a seal block on DJ Swearinger. DJ Swearinger, who is a, a physical, hard-hitting safety, good you know, up in the box and good tackling behind the line of scrimmage, he just takes DJ Swearinger out of the play and creates the lane for Saquon Barkley to run right behind him. The play was made by, by, by Sterling Shepard. And then obviously Saquon Barkley's incredible ability to run away from everybody, but Sterling Shepard's the one who really sprang that play. Later in the game, I believe I think it's the next possession. Saquon also had a fifty, like a fifty-one yard run. Uh, he was breaking tackles left and right, and there was a point in the play where Saquon was pulling up towards the sideline, and Josh Norman was kind of on his back. Sterling Shepard comes from behind the play, and just peels Josh Norman off of Saquon Barkley. It was a great block. It was beautiful. He flexed after it. He pointed at at Josh Norman. It was the. It was great. It was fantastic. And he had another similar block later in the game where he just, you know, again, made a play for Evan Ingram. Um, Evan Ingram caught a, caught a pass and, you know, it's downfield blocking. Sterling Shepard just not, not being okay with the fact that somebody else caught the ball and, you know, the play's over. He tried to help, you know, make the next play. And I think – so he gets my game ball this week, and I think it's just indicative of that culture that we've been talking about. You know, we, brought, we talked all about the culture last week. Uh, and two weeks ago, and I think what you're seeing is guys who are dedicated to this football team, these players, this coach especially, just making every play necessary to, you know, three more yards of play, five more yards of play, you know, get scoring a touchdown instead of instead of settling for a field goal, just little things that I think they're doing, and I think Sterling Shepard embodied that this week. So Sterling Shepard gets my game ball. Um, what I love is he, you know, he hasn't put up huge numbers this year, but he consistently makes plays that winning football teams need to make. And I, I think he's uh, very valuable for this team, for sure. So let me ask you this, um, because Evan Ingram had a hell of a game too. Um, and I was thinking about, yeah, hell, I gave, I'm giving him an honorable mention for a game ball. He had like, a couple catches, two, three, yeah, three catches for like 70 something yards. He really showed the breakaway speed. And so who would you rather trade? Cause I think one of these guys has gone this off season. Who would you, who would you rather trade or who would you rather stay on the team? Cause one of them I think is bound to go between Sterling Ingram and Shepard between Ingram and Shepard. Yeah. Ingram, no doubt. Okay. I think Sterling Shepard is a better player. I think he, he's shown more consistency than Evan Ingram has. He hasn't gotten hurt the same way Evan Ingram has. And I'm not saying he was a bad player. I think, I think he's a very good player. Um, but I also just think we've been seeing, we're, we're, incre- we're seeing an increasing amount of certainty. This offense is not made for Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram's not necessary in this offense. The same way a guy, a guy like Sterling Shepard is Evan Ingram can't block. And Pat Shermer has already shown that his offense really requires blocking tight ends. You know, you've got Simonson and Ellison, both guys who are primary blockers, and then you find a way to use them in the pass game, to utilize them in different areas and different ways. I think Evan Ingram, in theory, worked beautifully in Ben McAdoo's offense, but 
I just don't think he's really necessary. And I think they'll get something. Yeah. They'll get something pretty nice for him. Yeah, when his hands when his hands not in the ground, he's pretty effective. Yeah, but I I don't think that's that's not what the Giants trying to do anymore, and I think that makes sense. Who would yeah. you rather see? I have such an attachment to Evan Ingram, and especially since Sterling Shepard is a guy who's gonna have to be paid within the next few years as well. And I guess with the new quarterback in and we're not paying a quarterback, that's one of the benefits of having a quarterback on a rookie deal is that you can sign other guys in other positions and be fine and you can give them pretty good money. It's when that quarterback's rookie deal is up and you have to sign him to a franchise tender or, or a, a long franchise deal. That's when you get into a bit of a tricky business. So um, I'm more attached to, believe it or not, I'm more attached to Evan Ingram just because of the potential. I love the way that the tight end position is changing in the NFL. By you have you have guys that can put their hands in the ground. You have guys that can give a lot of effort while blocking. You know, Evan Ingram may not be the best blocker, but he gives a lot of effort. And I guess, hey, I mean, since since when is this an effort league? You actually have to produce, right? Yeah. So I just I just basically gave him credit for trying but not being good at something. Um, <laughs> but um, I love the potential, the matchup, the mismatch that's presented to you because you put a corner on him. The corner's too small and not physical enough to cover him. You put a linebacker on him, they're too slow. You put a safety on him. I mean, I guess that's the best, I guess that's the best option, but then you're basically taking a safety who would typically be covering somewhere deep down the field, and then you're opening up space. So I think he's more of a mismatch nightmare than Sterling Shepard. But at the same time, Sterling Shepard has produced has produced a lot more. And he's shown you these little intangible things. Number one, like catching the football that Evan Ingram hasn't. So that's kind of important. That's it. Catching the football is kind of important. So, and I think Evan Ingram didn't Evan Ingram have a drop this week. Uh, it was like a yeah. You could have called it a drop. It was early in the game. Yeah, I think his first attempt, his first target of the game was a drop. Yeah. So it could have tough. been caught, but it would have been a tough catch. Tough, 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 tough. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, honorable mention for me. And I think this is simple. This is easy. I'm giving my game ball to all of the photographers who have captured the Giants squad picks in the back of the end zone, whether it's on offense, whether it's on defense. I love it with Eli in it. That's fantastic. Oh, my God. I really think think that this is what kind of is pushing me to say that something tells me that Eli may be done, but – um, that may be too optimistic for my thinking, but you can see that he's really trying to enjoy his teammates. He's trying to enjoy the game. He's you, the way that he celebrates just even the simplest of touchdowns. Like he would, he would give you the, the patented Eli fist bump. He would he yell, yeah. And then he would run back to the <laughs> sideline. You see him jumping on his teammates this year. You see him jumping up with Odell, given given the shoulder the shoulder bump instead of a belly instead of a belly bump or what what do they call that chest bump instead chest of giving bump. a chest bump, belly bump instead of giving the the chest bump he give the you know the, the you know the cool kids today they give the shoulder bumps so he did that with Odell uh, last week which was pretty cool to see Eli's just having a good time he's out there having a good time um, so that was pretty cool to see but all these photographers that are capturing these photos and are creating fantastic phone wallpapers by the way great phone wallpapers. <laughs> And they last you for a few weeks. So, I mean, hey, I think they they deserve they deserve a game ball. All right, I'll give I'll give you an, honor, an honorable mention. Yeah, um, Alec Ogletree, the man who was I would probably I would I would venture to say one of the most hated Giants as of week I don't know 
12 maybe. He's just making every play. He's doing everything possible. Had another had another pick uh, on Sunday. I think he led the team in tackles. Highest uh, highest pro football focus grade on the defense again. He's just making plays. He he's really he's really policing this defense. I mean, this defense especially right now is a is a very young. You know, they're they're very young throughout the entire defense. Um, and especially with Landon Collins going down, I feel like he's take he really has taken into that leadership role and really taking, especially that front seven. You know, you got B.J. Hill, Lorenzo Carter, Kareem Martin, all these, all these Dalvin Tomlinson, all these young guys who are producing. And I think a lot of it is Alec Ogletree. He's got a very good football IQ, and he's just he's just making plays. He's it's just, a really good football IQ. Did you just say that? He does. Why you're mad? You're mad because he because he ever, he breaks down in coverage every once in a while. Every once in a while, he was terrible. He was terrible. That was one of the most asinine trades that we've ever made. Not counting these last three weeks, three four weeks. Do you do you disagree though that he's been playing really really well? Oh well, yeah, he has been playing really really well. Of course, he's one of the main reasons why we've been winning football games these past couple weeks. But that does not excuse the fact that it. That first of all, we gave a th- up a third round pick for him. So, for the first half, I think the trade was good. I'm just saying it's the, playing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the first, and I think we established that even last week. For the first half of that's for even the first three quarters of this season. Oh my god! Oh my god! Even um, Landon Collins replacement. They've they've had a, they had a few guys coming in there. Um, you know, Michael Curtis Thomas Riley, has been a, Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas is well. No, Curtis. Well, no. Let, let's not talk about Curtis Riley. Curtis Riley. Um, in the words of um, NYG Weekly's podcast, um, Curtis Riley needs to be launched into the sun. The next NASA <laughs> launching, the next NASA launching, I believe, is not until 2019. Well, Curtis Riley needs to be on that rocket ship, and he needs to be launched into the sun. The man does not know how to play football. It is actually embarrassing that he doesn't know how to play football. But a couple of Landon Collins replacements, uh, Michael Thomas. Whenever you do that, I think I hear it. And I- so sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I pick up everything. I pick up everything. I'm just very um, cold. I know. I know. That I know you're very cold above me. If you can see it, I like. I like a little crisp, cool air that's present. Yeah. Wait, wait. Transition. Yeah. We need to talk about Kyle Luletta. Oh my god. We need to talk about Kyle Luletta. Okay, so Dave. Awful. So so here's my no. Okay, so here's my. Here's my question to you. Okay. Do are we really going to make the evaluation that based off of five pass attempts without Sterling Shepard, without Odell Beckham Jr., and without Saquon Barkley, and without any kind of first team reps during practice that week, based off of five pass attempts, are we really going to make the evaluation that Kyle Luletta is terrible at the game of football? No, of course not. That'd be stupid. I because th- that is what However, I'm seeing. However, I can very easily say, oh, my God, that was horrible. He was horrible. And he knows it. And Pat Shermer knows it. And Dave Gettleman knows it. He was terrible. That was awful. That was very, very hard to watch. He single-handedly allowed the Redskins to feel like they had a half a shot in the game, which is disgusting. Oh, stop it. No, they did not. Oh, I I promise you. I was there. I promise you. Fans and the team alike. I think it was stupid. but. I digress. Did you see the quote after the game? 
From who? There's a lot of quotes from, after the from, game. Justin. From Shermer? Did you see the quote? Oh, you know what, David? <laughs> I know I know we're both a little on edge right now, but you know what? Kiss kiss my ass, David. Oh wow. You know? All right. So like, here's the <laughs> here's the here's the Shermer quote. Um I fielded enough questions regarding Luletta that those of you that were interested in seeing him hopefully got a chance to see what you were looking for. Now here's the thing. Wow. Shermer That's gives cold. these Shermer gives these quotes about Luletta. And also one of the things that they said on the telecast. Now he's been like he's been like subtly like cold to Luletta, basically by saying with the whole Alex Tanny thing, but then he goes against his, he doesn't go. I mean, a coach has every right to go against his word. Let's, let's just make that clear. Bill Belichick like does it like every week um, <laughs> when he tells the media and then he goes out and he does a totally different thing. Can't stand him. First of all, Bill Belichick had the following quote after the Miami, after the Miami game. He said, you remember like the whole thing was we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. This year it's nobody died. It was a football game. He said, <laughs> no one died. Cause I feel like everybody's acting like somebody died. All right. Anyway, ne- neither here nor there. They even said this on the telecast that Shermer is all about supporting his quarterback, like his quarterback, his guy. He's behind him. Great. That's what you want. That's what you really want a head coach to do. And that's really, really what you want a head coach to be. But the fact that he's so like back and forth between Luletta, I mean, obviously Luletta is not a starting quarterback, but he's his guy. He's a quarterback on the team. He's a player on the team. And the fact that he's so supportive of everybody else and the fact that they can let Curtis Riley play on this football team every single week. But then he gives, but then he gives these like low key, you effing suck to this rookie who's a quarterback out of Richmond. Like it's well, kind of the one I saw. He kind of does suck. It's kind of backwards though. And especially letting Eli pass with such bad quarterback performances at times this year, but then being totally behind him. I get it because you have no other choice, but here we go. No, 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 no. I'm not. Here I'm we not, go. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to be like. I'm not trying to be like. I'm not trying to cause controversy here. Oh, but the fact gosh. that he has these moments with the media where he really seems like an asshole. Oh, he handles the media horribly. And yeah, I said that. I said that after the uh, after the Eagle game. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Fact, yeah, he has these moments where he just seems like he's a complete asshole. But then you hear these things on the telecast, and they're right in a way where it's like, oh yeah, Shermer has always been known as a guy to support his quarterback no matter what. So what's, what's it going to be? I, I think he's playing a little bit of uh, like the, I think the Eli, and I think it comes down to the Eli bias, the Eli bias in the Giants organization is absolutely insane. I don't but think anyway, Shermer has any Eli bias. I, well, I, yeah, because clearly, because clearly think, you see him, you see him on the sideline where he's like visibly frustrated at Eli Manning at times yeah, of how are. he doesn't, uh, about how he doesn't throw the ball down the field. But then what you, but then what you see him say after the game during press conferences in the games that he's been playing, then the games that he has played poorly in has been a totally different story. So that's why it's frustrating that he's so reluctant to say that about Luletta, but yet Eli Manning is the starting quarterback and he doesn't, and he doesn't harp on that. And it's, it's just weird, but Luletta obviously did not look good. Um, So do you think if there's another blowout this year, which is highly unlikely. Or let me even ask you this, because I don't even think we're we're not going to presume that the games that we have against the Titans, the Colts, and the Cowboys, all playoff competing teams, we will not be blowing anybody out. Is that? Is, do you think that's a fair assessment? I think it's fair, but I, I, I you're going to think I'm crazy, but I wouldn't be shocked. Okay, so I wouldn't be shocked. If, I wouldn't be shocked if we go home. We go home this up this upcoming Sunday and. 
put it to Tennessee more than anybody more than anybody's expecting us to. Okay, so let's just go with that. These are somewhat close games, or they're or they're yeah. not, or they're not forty to nothing. No, like, no, it won't be. They're not forty to nothing. So there's going to be a need to kind of keep a starting quarterback in. So do you think we see Kyle Luletta at all for the rest of the season? Absolutely not, and it'd be stupid to. I'm really, really. I'm. Oh my gosh, you're gonna get me started. I'm so tired. I'm just so tired of of Giants Twitter. I'm so tired of people who don't seem to understand that Eli Manning is playing good football right now. Why are we? Why are we searching for? Why are we searching for a reason to discount good football? Wait and see. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Is if Eli comes out and he comes out the same way that he's come out these last few weeks against a pretty solid Tennessee team and against a starting quarterback who, you know, there's a there's a total, total difference and there's a total, total feel to a game when you know that another team is running out a starting quarterback who is somewhat Absolutely. successful. Absolutely. And especially because especially when that when they're not turning over the football. Yeah, the defense is on the field as much. I understand all that. Trust yeah. me. So but I'm just, just I'm just saying safe. all I'm saying is the last couple of weeks and I include the Eagle game in this. In my estimation, Eli Manning has made plays. He's made the plays. He's made plays to win football games. He is not the Eli Manning of 2009, and anybody who thought he, or 2011, anybody who thought he was going to be is stupid. That was never the. That was never what people expected. Or at least it's not what I expected. That being said, there's no reason to see Lalletta for the rest of the year. The only the only way I could see I could see us seeing Laletta again is if this upcoming Sunday we get blown out, which whether you or I think it's actually going to happen, which I don't think either of us do, the Giants have adopted a mentality of we're not mathematically eliminated. We're going to keep playing. We're going to keep, we're going to keep, you know, business as usual. While they're mathematically in, you know, in the hunt, so to speak, and they're playing good football. Absolutely not. You, we do not see Kyle Aletta for the rest of the year. If you know next week comes around and we're we're out of it, then I could see you maybe giving him a half. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think we're gonna see him start. Especially, absolutely not against the Cowboys. I'd be shocked if we saw him start against the Cowboys. And also, I think Giants fans need to be prepared for this. I actually, I wouldn't hate this, but I think a lot of people need to be prepared for this. Eli Manning. Is going to be the starting quarterback in 2019. Just get ready for it. You know, say your prayers, do your yoga, do do whatever you need to do to relax. With just know that it's going to happen. Just doesn't make any sense for anything else to happen. I'm done. All right. So uh, we play the uh, the Titans of Tennessee this upcoming Sunday. I will be at the game, David. Please tell me you will be at this football game. Please. I do not know if I'm going to. I, I actually I don't think I will be. I think I've gone to my last game. Um, no, David, you're you're honestly breaking my heart right now. I'm sorry. Well, it might change. It might change, but I I I don't think I'll be at the game. All right. What if what if this is what if there's a possibility that week 17 is Eli Manning's last game? Will you not go and see Eli Manning's last football game? That would be hard. It'd be hard for me to not. Well, I mean, you also just said that he's a starting quarterback next year, so I yes. guess it doesn't. I guess it doesn't matter to you whether it's you go week seventeen or not. I'll go week seventeen next year. Oh Jesus, no, Eli. No, especially, it's the since, year. especially since week seventeen next year, they're gonna be they're gonna be you know probably clinching the division. The year's twenty. Oh my God, the year's twenty twenty three. Eli Manning is forty five years old, and and 
Carl Banks is like, and Giants fans on Twitter are wondering that if Eli Manning is a right tackle and a wide receiver away from a from a from a eleven and five season. So I don't know what's I don't know what's wrong with that thinking. I just don't. It's because it's the definition of insanity. Nobody's all right, so give me a give me all right. Another topic for another time. Um, give me your predictions for this Sunday's football game, and if you want to include a score, you go for it. Okay. Hey, hey, uh, bleeding blue listeners. Hey, this is David, uh, and David is here to tell you the New York Giants are a good football team, and they're playing like one. What? And they're playing a good opponent, a worthy opponent, in the Tennessee Titans. There is no reason. Absolutely no reason in my mind to to make me believe the Giants will not win this football game. So without further ado, I'm going to officially put my put my pick in as a Giants win with the final score of 27 to 17. You actually like, per, I mean, obviously we recorded the episode before we found out that Beckham was going to be out, and do we? We don't have any kind of status of Beckham yet as of no, I haven't Tuesday. heard anything, but I feel like. Not hearing anything is probably more indicative of the fact that he will play than he won't play. Yeah, but uh, we recorded last week's episode before we found out the Beckham news. But David said, I mean, technically, it, we he put it set in stone where he said that it, it was going to be a blowout last week. So I David did. was right. I, um, I, I, I underestimated the blowout. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I, I don't think anybody. Thirty-one, thirteen. Oh, hey, oh, you were still pretty. That was like pretty close. That's not bad. Yeah, I said it was going to be an eight-point game. Um, Nice job, nice job, hater. Keep yeah. hating. Well, guess what? I'm gonna keep hating. Yeah, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep hating. I say the um, you know, oh my god, I I I honestly hate game predictions. I know that's like a thing that like people want to hear. I think I hate it. Um, I want them to win. There's a part of me that thinks that they're going to win. There's a large portion of me that agrees with you, David. But I'm gonna say the Giants lose twenty to seventeen. Less let less minute field goal because. It, it'll be, be you want to know why because it's going to be my first game of the year and <laughs> and i'm going to have a great tailgate with my buddy noodles yes that's his nickname it's not his real name but yes we call him noodles we're going to get there early we're going to have a good parking spot in his truck and bringing a truck to metlife stadium is a bold move except we're going to get there early we're going to get a bomb ass parking spot we're going to cook a lot of damn food because he has like this jet just jet fueled grill that he bought that he recently just bought. So we're going to have a great time and then we're going to go and we're going to be so close to winning the game, but we're going to give it away. But however, however, I said 20 to 17. However, however, there is a large part of me. There's also a large part of me. Like my heart says, Hey, be happy, be accepting of this culture change that the giants have been going through. Don't harden your heart and don't harden your mind over this culture change that Pat Shermer is establishing and trust that the giants can close and out can close out and win football games. So a part of me also agrees with you, but I'm going to go with 2017 that the giants lose. And I hope I'm wrong. Okay. I can deal with that. Okay. Um, can we really quick just address the fact that giants have a scenario to get into the playoffs? No, we cannot. Uh, you can look that up on Twitter um, and you can address that. So the, yes, the giants are one and a half games out of the playoffs. They need X, Y, and Z to happen. It probably won't happen. And, Blah 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 blah. Great. If the if everything happens that needs to happen this week, we're addressing it next week. Sure. I guess we'll have no other choice. Because like it's gonna be it's gonna be a thing. It's gonna be. And I'll be and I'll be dying. And it won't actually be a legit thing. Why wouldn't it be? 
Huh? All right, Why David, wouldn't it be? What, I, what I want you to do, if everything happens, if the Giants are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs next week, I'm giving you the task of looking up every single matchup that needs to happen with every single team and going through it in your brain and seeing if, if it actually is feasibly possible. Can you it do is. that for me? It, I can do that, but it is feasibly possible. Okay, I will not be doing that because I do the not Panthers want to. The Panthers need to lose two or three games. You know who they play? No, I don't want to do this now. We need they to play end. the Saints. They play the Falcons and they play the Saints. Okay, that's not very. That doesn't. Okay. that's not very comfortable. That that's, thank, that makes me feel th- pretty good. Thank you. Next, give me the next scenario. They need the Minnesota Vikings to lose two or three. The Minnesota Vikings suck right now. They look terrible. They, they do suck. And they need to lose to the Lions, the Bears, and the Dolphins. They need to lose two, two or three. Yikes. The Packers. The Packers need to lose one or three. And they're terrible. I don't they play the Bears terrible. this week. The, and they need the Eagles to lose two or three. You know who the Eagles play? A little team I like to call the Rams, the Texans, and some other team. Just saying. All right. Um, so th- those are your final thoughts. Yep. You're done. I'm cutting you off. <laughs> you're too. You're too rowdy right now. I don't actually um, believe it's going to happen. I'm just really excited about it. Okay. Um, my final thoughts are you can follow me at jpenix 74 on Twitter. I will be at the game this weekend. I will probably be live streaming. If you're, if you're a follower, if you follow me on Instagram, I'll be probably be live streaming on Instagram. If you, if you're friends with me on Facebook, I'll probably be live streaming on Facebook at some point. And definitely the Periscope. I think I had like over 130, 140 something views on Periscope. I did not expect to be doing that well on Periscope. So I'll probably be live streaming at the game this Sunday on Periscope on Twitter as well. So, or if you're going to be at the game, message DM me on Twitter and be like, hey, let's talk Giants. Come hang out with me. I'll be uh I'll be by the uh I'll be by the practice facility. That's where I always park. So that's it. That's all I have to say. Cool. All right. Um I know I I I I sound really like depressed right now. It's just because <laughs> my my brain my brain is just it's like late at night. And my brain is just a mush. It is very late as I record this. Yeah, so I'll probably I'll probably be up till God knows when. But this isn't as such a long episode, so you're welcome for everybody that's been complaining that the episodes are really long. All right. Without further ado, but that's the intro. So you know what, everybody? You know what I have to say? Just keep on bleeding blue. Go Giants, go Giants, go Giants. Can the Yankees do something? Please. I'm begging you. Please do something. Go Yankees, go Yankees, go Yankees, go Giants, go Giants, go Giants. We will see you next week. And if you follow me on Twitter, I will be live streaming. Peace out, everybody.